This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. All right, welcome to Big Time Baseball. And it's my pleasure to bring in a terrific guest here. We call it Big Time Baseball for a reason. Farhan Zaidi, the president of the baseball operations of the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Farhan started in baseball with the Oakland A's, got his job in a very interesting way with Billy Bean. Uh, was there for s- several years and then moved on to Los Angeles Dodgers where he was general manager and Got his team to two World Series, which still have some controversy. I, well, certainly one of them does. Um, but got him, his team to two World Series, and now he's doing a very nice job with the San Francisco Giants, who are contending when nobody really expected them to contend. Uh, I hope he doesn't think they were a jinx, because I did call him three days ago, and they went on their first three-game losing streaks this year, since last year. Um, so anyway, they've done a nice job and, uh, they are in contention and welcome to the show, Farhan. Thanks, John. You're making me blush. It's really, really nice introduction. <laughs> I will say that, uh, yeah, next time, uh, you reach out about doing this, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a three day grace period before I respond. So how <laughs> uh, we'll have to do this in the future. <laughs> Wait to see how it goes. I, we, I'm telling you, we've been a good luck charm in the past last year, everybody we had on, uh, basically went to the playoffs, so uh, we're a good luck charm. So I, I want to ask you where your team, you think your team stands now. I mean, you're two games out as we do record this. Um, you know, you're in playoff position. Your team has played very well. Your pickups have uh, generally been excellent. Um, but, you know, people weren't expecting you to contend, and obviously you're in a very tough division where the Padres – stacked up and you know the Dodgers you put them together you're part of that with Andrew Friedman to put that group together and you know how good they are uh where do you think your team stands right now are you a surefire contender you expect to be in the playoffs or kind of wait and see yeah I think our group has a confidence about um the way we're playing and and the talent we have on the roster and that isn't something that developed you know, once we got off to a good start, I, I feel like there's been that sentiment really since the start of camp. But, you know, let's face it, we're a team that people didn't have expectations of contending coming into the season. And you have a series like we just had against LA where, you know, unfortunately we got swept, which was disappointing. But, you know, every time we have a blip like that, people who did not expect us to contend or are going to make the case that 
things are sort of regressing to the mean and it's going to be up to us to, you know, keep powering through some of those tough stretches and, you know, demonstrate that um, we're in it for the long haul. That's certainly how we feel and, you know, what we want to continue to try to prove as the season evolves. Farhan, I got a chance to see you guys play a lot this year. And one of the things that I find so interesting about you, how unique the way your ball club is put together is you guys will match up immediately. It doesn't matter if the pitching change happens and it's a lefty versus a righty that started. You guys tend to match up then. Just talk about how this team was put together. You guys are one of the few teams I've seen that has an extra bench player. It seems like everybody else going extra uh, – picture just talk about how this team was put together uh with some of the things you just mentioned in john's question in mind yeah it's really been about playing to the uh skills of our players and our roster and and trying to put them in the best positions to succeed and you definitely see that on the position player side not just with the lineups that we put together to start a game but you know as you get into the game and certain matchups come up that we think are advantageous. Um, you know, Gabe Kapler hasn't been afraid to pull the trigger on on a move like he's, you're saying, Tony, relatively early. And you know, just a couple things on that. We sort of think about our roster and a baseball roster maybe a little bit less in the traditional baseball sense and more, right. you know, like other sports like basketball or football. Right. In basketball, you've got. Uh, you know, the bench is really important. The six man is really important in football. You have guys, you know, mixing in, you know, offensively and defensively. So it's a little bit more of that mindset. And, you know, I think that makes us a little bit tougher to manage against and game plan against. And, you know, we try to use that to to our advantage. And, um, and the big thing is players buying. We have a great group of guys that are very unselfish and you need that to be able to execute a strategy like that. So, uh, like you say, it's, you know, it's, you know, sometimes you get your hand caught in the cookie jar, you make a move early, it doesn't work out and you've lost a bench player and, and maybe you give the other team a chance to match up with you, you know, the next time that at bat comes around. But I like the aggressiveness that Gabe and his staff has shown. I think it sets a good tone for the team. You know, Farhan, uh, you've had so much success with your free agent signings, particularly your, what we thought at the time were small free agent signings. Uh, guys who were, were not paid a ton of money at the start and have really uh, produced. I, I don't know. You uh, obviously sorry to bring up the series we you just played, but Max Muncy is the maybe the ultimate example. Uh, you knew him from Oakland, uh, brought him over to L.A. Obviously, at Chris Taylor and many others who really developed into very very good players for you. And now, um, you know, I'm wondering. First of all, is it galling to see all these good moves you made for the Dodgers that beat you? <laughs> And then also, what is the key? I mean, I don't know if you want to do a Billy Bean, and uh, we don't have time for a whole money ball here, but what is the key exactly? Because, you know, look at all your free agent signings that with San Francisco, and San Francisco's a big market team too, and you didn't uh, go for the big signings. You brought in Wood, who you knew from L.A., Di Sclafani, who has been great up until the last one, uh, Sanchez, who you saw in a workout, McGee, uh, who was at a rough uh, year or so after being a very good pitcher, um, you know, you did sign Lostello, which is a little bit more money. Uh, but uh, is there some key to finding uh, a bargain in free agency? Because, uh, I mean, I got to say you've been the best at it of anybody lately. No, I appreciate that. And a lot of it is good fortune. Uh, you know, there, there's really a couple of different components to it. One is, you know, like like you're, you're talking about, John, to, to get the evaluation right. And one thing that 
um, you know, we have tried to constantly remind ourselves of, and, and, it, and it's a hard thing to do because moves come under such scrutiny nowadays, you know, as soon as, you know, you, you fire off the agreement to the agent, it, it shows up at Twitter and John, you're, you're one of the best at, at those getting those, <laughs> but you know, you, I, I think one of the most important parts of, uh, you know, improving your team via free agency is to focus on what you think guys are going to do in the future rather than what they've done in the past. And when you look like at guys like Desclafani and Alex Wood, they're not coming off good seasons in 2020, whether because of health or other factors. But as long as you have a good reason and a good thought process be behind expecting those guys to produce going forward, you kind of move ahead and, and know that people may raise their eyebrows in the moment. But if you really believe in your evaluation and in, you know, your organization, your coaching staff and their ability to get the most out of these players, which we do believe in, then you kind of just move ahead. And uh, so, yeah, we've been fortunate with that. I think our players feel really supported on and off the field. And that's a big part of this. I'm sure Tony can speak to that as well. Being in an organization, um, that you really feel believes in you and is going to support you however you need to be supported. I mean, this is kind of a softer topic in conversation, but you know, in my time in baseball, I've learned how, how important that is. And, you know, with some of the guys you mentioned, John, I think if you ask them and they've even said publicly, they just really feel supported by the organization. And that's really the best way to get players to get the most out of their ability. It goes. It certainly goes a long way. There's no doubt about it. And and when you watch the Giants play, you get the sense that they enjoy being on the field with one another, and that's a huge part of it. And so I, I want to ask a little bit about the future. You had mentioned it uh, just a few minutes ago, and and Mauricio Dubon is is one of the guys that seems to be a, a key part of your future. He started to swing the bat here uh, well as of late. Where where do you think he's at in terms of his development right now? Yeah, he, he, you know, he's had slow starts now the last couple of seasons. And, uh, you know, he probably wishes he could uh, get off to a better start and, and work his way into more at-bats. Although, to your point, he's been playing more and he's been swinging the bat really well. The the real revelation with him this year has just been the defense. I mean, he's played every position in the middle of the field, second, short, and center. And really been spectacular, you know, by the eye test and, and by the metrics. And you know, you have a guy that can move between those three premium positions and give you plus defense. And, you know, that that's that's great value to the team in itself. Forget about what they're delivering offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been a little bit tougher for him offensively because he's not been an everyday player and his playing time has, you know, come a little bit in stops and starts. But um, there's great natural ability there. You can see the bat-to-ball ability. He has surprising power. He's got long levers and um you know when he gets the ball in the air um he can definitely create some leverage in his swing so there are all the pieces there and um you know he's been a key part of our roster for you know two and a half years now and uh you know it's just so valuable to have a player that can play any of those spots give you great defense and can put together good at bats and um you know as a threat in the batter's box as well when you, when you got to San Francisco, you didn't have a lot of flexibility in terms of contracts. Uh, now going into next winter, uh, you have a tremendous amount of flexibility. I, I only count three players, I'm relying on COTS here, uh, that have contracts that are guaranteed for next year, and that would be Longoria, La Stella, and McGee. 
Um, you have a lot of free agents, a lot, some stars with op- team options. Um, so I wanted to ask you, going into next year, I know there's been a lot of speculation the Giants are going to go big because you're obviously a big market team with excellent revenues. Um, you anticipate to being a big player in free agency. And with all these players uh, being, at, you know, you having flexibility, they also have that flexibility. And some of them have really performed well for you. Obviously, uh, Buster Posey uh, helped win three World Series there and has been a favorite for obvious reasons. Um, he's having a terrific year. Um, and Gosman, who you brought in, and then I think got some criticism because I heard some of it for not trading him last year at the deadline. And then you gave him the um, the uh, qualifying offer, and he's proved out to be one of the best pitchers in baseball now. So, I mean, you've got Belt also, free agent, who had a fantastic year last year. Crawford's having an excellent year this year. Um, how do you look at it in terms of what you might try to do with some of these guys with Posey? There's also sentimental uh, positive reasons to keep him beyond his play, although you do have Bard and some other good young catchers. And, I mean, Gosman, you try to lock him up too, I think, in the offseason, and you did get him, bring him back. Um, what's your thoughts going into the winter? Is it great to have all this flexibility? Is it a headache? And is there any one or two players that you're going to be sure to try to bring back? Yeah, I, I think the better we play as a team and, you know, to your point, John, it's really been fueled by many of the individual performances of, of guys who are in their contract years. Um, you know, it, it just makes more sense as an organization to sort of keep the group together and take advantage of the continuity that's, you know, been developing over the last two, three years um, during my time in the organization. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of value to continuity. I learned that in my time in LA when I was in Oakland, we didn't always have that luxury. There was always going to be some natural turnover to the roster um, just because of our payroll situation in LA with, you know, uh, more financial room to work with. um, I, I do think the continuity that developed on that roster over the last, you know, 78 years has had a lot of value. I think about, you know, my second off season there, when we re-signed, you know, Rich Hill, uh, Justin Turner, and Kenley Jansen. And, you know, there were other free agents out there, but our priority that offseason was just to retain our own players because we were a good team and they had a lot of value to us. So I could see some parallels in that situation. You know, we've got a number of starting pitchers that are pitching really well that, to your point, are going to have strong markets, but they like being here. Our position player group, um, has been very productive, the guys who are going into their free agent years. Um, so again, to you know, if we maintain this level of performance as a team, why, why wouldn't you want to just keep that group together? So we'll see how it plays out, but you're always going to know your own players better than you know, players who are uh, coming into free agency from other organizations. So you try to use that to your advantage um, and you know, retain guys that, that you know, that you have relationships with, that, that have a comfort level playing in your city and your organization when the situation um, makes sense for everyone. Farhan, last one for me. You, you, we've seen uh, you bring Gabe Kapler over after, uh, after his stint in Philadelphia, and it, seemed, it seemingly has worked you know, out really well. Uh, this team plays really hard for, for Gabe. What have you seen? What have you liked? about having him and and what made you comfortable? I know you guys had a relationship obviously when he was in LA, but what made you comfortable bringing Gabe on as the manager of this ball club? 
Well, a number of things. One is, um, you know, just in my time working with him, you know, he's, you, you always uh, have to be careful making an extreme statement about somebody because you, you, you think you might be forgetting about someone else. So rather than saying he's the hardest working person I've met in baseball, I'll say, I, I don't know anybody who works harder than him, <laughs> you know, and uh, just a tremendous communicator. And, you know, in, in my time in the game, getting feedback from players on different coaches and managers, you know, that's something that that's so key for players wanting consistent communication, not wanting to feel out of the loop or surprised by lineup decisions, by in-game decisions. And he's just so thorough with those things that I think that's helped create the buy-in that you're talking about, Tony. So, uh, you know, his Philadelphia tenure, I um, know there were some bumps in the road. That's a really tough market to be a first-time manager in. Uh, right. But I thought he did well with that team. I talked to a lot of players on that team that all really vouched for him, that loved playing for him. And I just think your second go-around as a manager, you learn from that first experience and um, maybe learn a little bit um, when to, you know, uh, when to sort of really dig in and when to lay back. And, you know, I think it, anybody observing Gabe over these last few years ha has seen some of that evolution, as happens with all the best managers as they get more experience. So I do think he's done a tremendous job. And I know our players really feel supported by him and they love playing for him. And that's a big part of our success. Yeah, I would agree with you on Philadelphia. Let's not forget, and most people have forgotten, uh, Terry Francona started managing in Philadelphia, right. had a rough go of it, and became a, uh, a Hall of Fame, I'm sure, uh, manager. So, you know, I think Philly's a tough spot for a first-time manager, no matter how smart you are. And Gabe is very, very smart, obviously. Um, you know, I, I saw you on uh, the show on MLB Network forum uh, on the Asian Americans in baseball and certainly the issues that this country is having with Asian hate. And that's obviously very disturbing to all of us. And um, I think you spoke about uh, uh, Guriel, Yuli Guriel in the World Series, uh, making that awful uh, gesture after hitting a home run off of uh, a Darvish. Um, and I, I, I thought you made some interesting comments. So I, I was going to ask you to uh, recall that and what 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 do you think about what went on there he was suspended but only for the five games uh following season not during that world so he continued to play in that world series and you know at the time some of us didn't think much of it but you know may, maybe there was a point to be made there about uh, him continuing on that world series and then just generally i know this is a less serious question than that but uh, especially now that we've got a few years uh under a belt uh, Generally, what do you think about that series now? I mean, we, we all know that the Astros cheated uh, during the regular season, at least. They say they didn't do it in the postseason. But uh, do you have any – I mean, I, you're a competitor. I wouldn't be shocked if you still had some hard feelings about it. You got the two World Series, and both teams you played were accused of doing something wrong, and certainly one of them was proven. So uh, if you could just answer the two questions, one more serious than the other, but both important, I think. Yeah, you know, the Guriel incident, um, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, it's one that a lot of people may just rather see get swept under the rug. But, um, you know, it's API Heritage Month. There was a reason we were doing that show. The show was called Unfiltered. And so I thought it was important to uh, recognize that moment um, and, 
what it went meant to Asian fans around the world, Asian Americans, but also people internationally. I think our Asian audience really felt betrayed by that decision that, you know, it wasn't just Major League Baseball, it was made jointly with the Players Association. And, you know, the notion that that action was bad, but not bad enough to warrant missing a World Series game. Right, right. I just think, you know, when you look back on it, it just really sent the wrong message. So, um, you know, if we're going to have these difficult conversations, we have to talk about these darker moments in the past and resolve to to do better next time. And I've had, um, you know, uh, friends and colleagues that I worked with in L.A. and other people around the game reach out to me and say, thank you for bringing that up because that's still a sore spot. And I never really felt like we got resolution on that as an Asian community. So um, I was moved to, to hear from those people. And I'm glad if it kind of restarts that conversation. Um, thinking about that series. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough one. I mean, you go to game seven of the World Series and you lose. I mean, that the, the you know, the feeling of, you know, this is coming down to a coin flip and, you know, it goes one way instead of the other. Yeah, that stays with you for a long time. I have to be honest, I don't really think about the cheating component of it that much. Um, not that it isn't frustrating to feel like maybe it wasn't an even playing field, but for whatever reason, I still feel like we had chances to win that World Series and, and we just didn't do it. And I'm honestly really happy for the guys in L.A., um, you know, players, staff, people in the front office who, you know, have really done a tremendous job over the last decade, been a really good team. And, and uh, you know, between the organization and the fan base, they, they deserve they deserve the, a World Series ring. So I'm genuinely happy for them. And I think it probably gave them a lot of closure on what happened in 17. <laughs> you still hear people talk about it. Um, and, and maybe it's not complete closure. I mean, for me, obviously, I'm in a new organization. You know, it's still, as a competitor, that feeling of getting right to the finish line and not getting through it is really tough. And, you know, I just certainly hope in my career I get that opportunity in some other way. But, um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, you, you might have a you wind up, uh, it might not be a bad idea to form a support group for people who have lost game sevens. Of the <laughs> and for, for, uh, people that you know eventually get get over the hump. I'm sure that makes it all the more validating. Well, Farhan, you're a great competitor, and you, you've been a great sport. You were a good sport about the 2017 World Series, better than I would have been for sure. But really appreciate <laughs> you being on here, and uh, uh, you can come on any time. And uh, good luck to the Giants, and thanks again, Farhan. Uh, that was Farhan Zaidi, uh, the head of the baseball operations, the president of the baseball operations of the San Francisco Giants a contending team in 2021. It's been our pleasure to have him with us on Big Time Baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 